Future Self Podcast, Episode 27. Yeah, there may be a lot out there, but just go do your own thing. Be you. And let that reflect through the organization and the team that you build, and you'll kick ass and take names. This is the Future Self Podcast. He's your host, Robert Ingalls. Welcome to episode 27 of the Future Self Podcast, your resource for knowledge, insight, and inspiration. Now, before we dive into my podcast, I want to talk about your podcast. You know that podcast that you keep saying that you should start? Now, you know you have a good story, and you know people will listen. So my question for you is, what are you waiting for? Podcasting has taken the creative control away from the entertainment executives and placed it back in the hands of the people. Today, all it takes to have a successful podcast is a unique story that resonates with your listeners. Today, the people get to decide for themselves what is worthy. To get you started on your podcasting journey, I've partnered with Advent Coworking to present a live four-week podcasting course that will take you from idea to launching your show on iTunes in four short weeks. To sign up, go to yourpod.pro and you'll be the first to know when the cart opens up. That is yourpod.pro. All right, let's jump into today's show. Today, I have my friend Matt Anderson in the studio. Matt is a CPA and the founder of MD Anderson CPA, a public accounting firm in South Charlotte that prides itself on empowering entrepreneurs with nerdy CPA skills. I had a blast covering some serious ground with Matt on this episode. He totally destroys the stereotype of the boring bean counter. So let's go ahead and jump into it. This is cool. Yeah. Now, how many Skype interviews have you done? Have you done any? Uh, I've done a couple myself where I've interviewed other people, but I've been recently, I've started going on other people's podcasts. And so they'll do Skype as well. And I want my sound to come out because if you ever listen, if you listen to podcasts, uh, a lot of them are done through Skype or some type of internet connection. Okay. And you will hear people where it is very clear that they are on the, like their Apple earbuds doing the recording, which is fine. Yep. You know, you can still hear them, but there's a very, like the way you hear me in your ear right now, that is, it this sounds, is how it sounds when I've listened to your podcast. Right. It's just like this. And that's important to me. When someone listens to me, if they're going to take a few minutes out of their life and sit, because I mean, I, I look at it that way. I look at that they are sitting down and taking a few minutes out of their life to listen to me. They're making an investment. They're making an investment. And I want to, you know, I, I want to deliver for them. Oh, yeah. I want to have good content, but also want it to sound good because there are some podcasts that I want to listen to. There's content I want to listen to. And I get so frustrated with the sound. <laughs> you know, too much of a perfectionist, even for other people. It, well, it's just that, like, some of it, it cracks and and it goes in and out because some people do Skype calls, and if you're not on a really strong connection, it can go in and out. And so it's important to me, like, I tell people if you're going to be on a connection with me, I'd prefer if you could wire. And if you can't wire it, get as close to your router as you can because that signal needs to be strong. Someone shouldn't be streaming Netflix in the house at the same time. Try to have the best connection because it's only what, you know, an hour generally is the longest people are going to record with you. That's correct. Yeah. So just take that time and do it right. And so it was important (laughs) to me. I was like, I'm going to launch this. And when I initially bought all this equipment, I had a different angle. I was actually considering starting a firm that would help other people is basically like a business consultant for attorneys, helping them start their own law firms. Because even then, I kind of knew that I wanted to get away from practicing myself. It just didn't bring me the kind of joy that I needed. 
And, and so I was on that journey of self-discovery. Okay. When I got into podcasting, I, I knew I had a message and I, and I realized the power of podcasting to bring that message to people. And so I, I, I got all this equipment with this idea. I'm, oh, I'm going to start this business where I'm going to help attorneys. You know, I'm going to consult with attorneys who are trying to start their own businesses. And I was my, I had made a lot of contacts in the legal community. I mean, up to Supreme court justices and uh, of in North Carolina. Oh yeah. Not, not, I don't know any of the, uh, I mean, it'd be badass if you did. Oh, it'd be super <laughs> cool. But so I don't have any of those, of those connections way up there. At the same time, I was like, if I'm going to have those people on my podcast, it needs to be good. Oh yeah. Like it needs to be top notch. It needs to sound professional. So I didn't want to half ass it from the beginning because I had big goals. And oh, I, yeah. well, that's what I tell people. If you don't have small goals. Oh, I agree hundred percent. You know, cause if you have small goals and you miss them, now you really haven't gotten anything done. If you have a big, hairy, audacious goal oh, yeah. and you get 75% of it, you have done some shit. But then the trick is exactly like what you said is start, do something. Right. You know, having a vision, having an idea, but not doing anything. You're just a dreamer. So get out there and do it. Oh, no, I absolutely agree with that. And, and, but yeah, that's, I mean, that's something I say all the time is take that first step, you know, like, like that episode five, I put out, you, you have these ideas and I, I'm, I'm so guilty of my whole life being a dreamer. I mean, from my earliest days, I'd sit in class and stare out the window and think about being a major league baseball player. (laughs) And, and and to be fair, no matter how much I tried, it wasn't going to happen. And I did, I I mean, I gave it a shot, but in hindsight, I didn't give it the kind of shot that I should have given it if I really, if that was really my goal. Correct. It, it, it was more like I'll practice when we have practice and I'll go outside and practice a little, but it wasn't the kind of investment that you would need to make if you really cared about it. Oh yeah. And, and then throughout the course of my life, I've done that. I've thought, oh man, that's, I want to do this. That'd be really cool to do this. And then you start doing it. You're like, man, it's kind of hard. <laughs> Next. Yeah, right. right, right. Next option. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's a philosophy I've always lived by, you know, growing up as a kid, um, is, is setting the goal and going after it, working your ass off to get it. And some stuff that you're going to go into, you're just not going to be interested. Um, right. You got to try new stuff, you know? Yeah. No, I agree a hundred percent. I say, you know, when I think back of my career as sitting in other CPA firms, I stared out the window and dreamt, God, one day I'm going to do this and I'm going to do it so badass and I'm going to change the way things are done in this industry. And I dreamed about it for like 12 years, 10 years and didn't go out and do it until I was almost forced by the partner that I was working for at the time. He sold the practice and it was time for me to move on. And I think that was the kick in the ass I needed to get things moving. So do you think like, I mean, how long when were you working there where you had this goal? Like, was it from the Oh, it's always, it's, it's always, um, you know, I attribute everything back to my entrepreneurial drive as I, I came home one night in high school, being out with friends, doing things that irresponsible teenagers do. And uh, I came home and my mom had rich dad, poor dad sitting on the couch. So I came in just by myself and saw that book. And I was like, hey, what the heck is this? So pulled it out uh, that night. I mean, I think I sat there till like six in the morning and read through most of the book. And I said, wow, this guy is the shit. Like I, <laughs> I, I got the real estate aspect of it. But what I did like, what it opened my eyes to is don't be an entrepreneur or don't be an employee anymore. Like make your own dream, do your own thing. Um so graduated from college with an accounting degree, and it's just it's always something I wanted to do is own my own business. Uh, my wife and I we've looked at a lot of different things, and the CPA practice, man, that's that's where I want to be. Right. I got to make this. I got to make the industry different. 
Dude, that's an impressive story. Uh, I used to see stuff like that self-help book sitting around from when I was little. Like my parents weren't really into that. They kind of had their they had their angle and they chased it ruthlessly. And th- you know, they're from the school of you work hard, you work oh, yeah. hard, and shit oh, yeah. comes to you. And they worked hard, and shit came to them. I kind of have. It's not that I don't believe in working hard, but I want to. I want leapfrogs too. And that's where I found the benefit of coaching, which is essentially all a book like that is. It's it's just coaching. It just it opened my eyes to something different. I mean, my whole entire family is employees, right? You know, my grandparents. You know, my 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 mom's dad was a, a teacher. His wife stayed at home. My other grandfather was a, a mechanic in the Air Force, and his wife stayed home. So both my parents worked. Both of them were you know regular employees. Nobody had any aspirations for doing anything different. And I saw it, and I'm like this sucks. Like I do not want to continue down the path that you guys have done where I'm scraping and scrimping. I guess it's the life of scarcity versus the life of abundance. I want a life of abundance. Fuck this scarcity bullshit. Like I I just don't want to do it. I don't want to trade my time for dollars. There's got to be a better way. And, and you know, I saw the rental property thing. I've been there, kind of done that. Uh, didn't really like it. I'll probably end up trying it again. Uh, but the big thing the eye opener to me was open your own business and do your own thing. Find something that you can do that, that you can, you know, change the world. And here I am. Dude, I love that. Uh, that's something I still struggle with to this day is the, the scarcity and the abundance. Psychologically speaking, I'm not sure exactly why I have the scarcity mindset, but it's real. And it's been in me for so long. Like I didn't, it's so hard for me to understand Throughout, like throughout my life, I'd have these ideas that we talked, like we talked about earlier. I'd have these ideas about doing these things, and then I'd start kind of looking into it, and I'd be like, "Oh, someone's there already. Someone's already oh, yeah. doing it." And that would be all it would take for me oh, yeah. to stop doing the thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Is someone already had the idea? And that is such a scarcity mindset. It's like one person is already doing this. It's too late. But see, you can take it and put your own angle on it. Sure. You can do things different. I look at public accounting. I mean, even on the hall in our in our office space. There's like five other CPAs, but I'm cool with that. Why am I cool with that? Because we're trying to approach this in a different angle. Um, We don't want to be that stuffy CPA firm. We want to be providing more advice, giving just a better feel, a better customer experience than what you're going to get across the hall at the guy that's going to take your crap and turn around and give you a tax return. There's more to being an accountant. We need to be an advisor. We need to just look at our client differently and the cool part is, is the more CPAs that I talk to, the more it confirms I'm going down the right path. Uh, just met with a, a, a friend of mine that's at a larger firm here in Charlotte. And the thing that kind of scared me when I was talking to him is they're not terribly interested in the experience that the customer has with them. It's more that traditional old school mindset where it's like, I'm going to take your information. I'm going to do what you've asked me to do. And I'm going to give you this byproduct. The timeline is up to me as a CPA. How I deliver it is up to me as a CPA. And your experience, I don't really care about. And, <laughs> and, and I mean, it just kind of opened my eyes like, man, that's, that's, that may work for an older generation. It's not going to continue to work. So going back to your point is that if you're looking at it, there are a ton of CPAs out there. But I'm going to do it different. I'm right. going to come at it and do it from a different angle. It's scary as hell. As every day, there's something that scares the shit out of me. I don't sleep at night. But I'm cool with that. Like, that's... <laughs> That's part of the dream for me. And and I'll tell you, do I sit and never look out the window and think, man, I wish I had a W-2 job. I wish I was an employee for somebody. And to the answer to that, hell no. So, <laughs> so you know, the, the, the abundancy mindset is, is, yeah, there may be a lot out there, but just go do your own thing. Be you. 
Right. And let that reflect through the organization and the team that you build and you'll kick ass and take names. Yeah, I had, uh, I mentioned this frequently, but on episode 14, uh, Vic the Chili Man was on. One of the things he said that resonated with me is like, it's never too late to be better than everyone else. Damn right. Yeah, it really really st- uh, stuck with me. And I look back over my life at the times that I looked into it and I would be like, oh, someone's doing that. And then you think back. Of, I mean, think about how many computer companies there are right this second. Oh, yeah. Of course, you have like, you know, you have Mac is making, Apple's making they're killing everyone oh, yeah. essentially but then you look at the lo- look at Lenovo what do, how much are they probably making like we look at them like they're like kind of very second tier oh yeah that's got to be like a multi tens of millions <laughs> of dollars company you know oh yeah oh yeah and and and, and that's some I mean I don't know their story I, that oh, was yeah. just the first computer that came to my head but there were so many people in the game and people were like that's a good game I'm going to start in it too oh yeah and and that's the mindset to oh, have yeah is if there are people there, that's proof of concept. Oh, yeah. There is always room in the market for a good product. And see always. What, and I was just having a conversation with somebody yesterday, and I think the cool part about where we are in business right now is that you look at the old school mindset, it's, it's like, you know, we're going to build this product and we're going to sell it to you. But I look at it as I think there's space for a lot of different opportunities. And the fact that if you are looking at it, I would say with a more modern look on business, again, it comes back to setting the right vision, building the right culture and having the right customer experience. And that there could be 35 different computer companies that all go to a different style of customer, a different type of experience. Because you look at Apple, like Apple, are you really buying the hardware or is it the experience that that you're getting from that product? So I think you could come in and do something completely different and if the experience hits a large enough customer base, dude, you'll kill it. Yeah. You'll absolutely kill it. So I look at it, you know, the days of the Henry Ford motto, you can have any car you want or color you want as long as it's black, <laughs> that shit's gone. Yeah. So um, I think we're just in a really, really cool space. We're exploring just how do people interact with businesses. Um, and I mean, I'm tickled to be doing it. Yeah. I, I want to keep going. You said so many things, you know, while you've been talking and I kind of want to keep going back and mining them a little okay. bit. Uh, you know, you said you came in in high school and you saw Rich Dad Poor Dad on the table. And like I, I was saying, like, I didn't really have that stuff around my house, but a lot of my friends' parents did. They had books like that. And man, I just had, uh, my mindset was wrong because I would oh, yeah. see stuff like that and, and I would like kind of laugh at it, like, you know, just kind of haughtiness. And it was just like, oh, look at these people, like they're being duped by this person just selling them the answer. Like oh, yeah. Self-help. And, oh, yeah. And I've talked about this before, I'm sure, on the podcast, but, you know, I, Tony Robbins was the the big guy. I mean, he's still huge, but he was always on TV when I was young. Oh, yeah. And, you know, with his infomercials and, you know, get it, finding your power and whatever. And, and I just, I was like, who is giving this guy money? Like, who are these people oh, who yeah. are so stupid? Oh, yeah. That they are giving this man all this money just to dupe them over. And, uh, you know, it's, it's funny, you fast forward... Uh, you know, all these years. And I've seen Tony Robbins twice this year. Man, I'm jealous. <laughs> I am jealous. I, all, the best I can do is watch him on, on YouTube. That's the best because he came he here to in, Charlotte. He was here last and month. I, I feel like I can't remember what we had going on, but I, oh, I was out of town at a conference. It's like, shit, I wish I would have known he was here. I may not have gone to the conference, but right. the conference more than paid off for it. But I'd love to go see him. Yeah. Well, he's real. And, oh, yeah. And, and but that was my mindset was wrong. Right. Uh, I didn't have the mindset of wanting to learn, grow and change. Oh, yeah. You know? Well, and that goes back to I talk about mindset sometimes on the podcast, too. That's been a huge part of my ability to succeed was shifting my mindset. How'd you do it? Uh, it all started. Well, I mean, most a lot of my journey started in a moment 
we got married and I know my listeners have heard this too many times, but we got married and when we got married, it was like, if we have kids, we have kids. If it happens, it happens. And then a few months after we got married, my wife was like, I want it to happen now. And I mean, I was fine with that, but it was also, it, it made me like, oh shit. You know, like <laughs> it, I, I just, when it's, if it happens, it happens, it's in the future. Right. And you don't have to plan for it and things like that. And, and it made me really assess my life. So I had to kind of really take stock and I realized I don't want to do what I'm doing forever. I just don't want this. It's not who I am. It's not, right. I don't want to do it for 40 years. I don't want to raise my kid while I'm doing it. And, and so I started looking and I, I read a, I read a book, which led me to another book, which led me to a podcast, which led me to another podcast. And I discovered this guy, Tom Bilyeu, and he talks about this book, Mindset. It's the name of the book, okay. Mindset by Carol Dweck. And I read it and man, that it was a big moment in my life because the, the main idea in that is that there's kind of two mindsets. There's a fixed mindset and then there's a growth mindset. Correct. And I very much had a fixed mindset where, it, you know, if somebody was to criticize me, I would take that as a personal indictment of who I am. Wow. Right. Oh, it's, it's bad. It, it does not serve me. It did wow. not serve me. No, it doesn't. And so everything, you know, if I wasn't good at something, if something was hard for me, then I'm just not good at it. So I would do the things generally that I was already good at. Okay. And if I wasn't good at something, I would just say, oh, I'm not good at that. Like, oh, I'm not, I'm not artistic. Right. Uh, I'm not creative. Right. And because it was hard for me to do things that were creative. They didn't come naturally. And so I found myself frequently looking at things that I wanted to do, trying to do them and not doing them because they didn't come easy to me. Wow. And and it was it hurt me in a lot of areas of my life. So reading that book, it, it breaks it down for you. It, it sounds like it's like talking to you because it would describe my character traits. Okay. But then it would walk you through how to change them, for wow. lack of a better word. And I took it very seriously. I've read the book three times now. Holy and cow. Because I want to internalize it. Like, right. I don't just want to know it. I want to make, like, when I'm in a stressful position, I want to be able to think about that stressful position and make decisions in that moment without even having to think. I want to internalize it where it's second nature. And that's a challenge. Um, and we were just having this conversation at work, um, and it's something that I've been really struggling with as, 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 I mean, I'm an accountant, but I look at it, I'm a startup. The business that I'm doing is a startup. Five years will been open in December. So I'm tickled to death to have reached that point. But I'll tell you, the struggle to get to this has been absolutely brutal. I would say the darkest times in my life have happened within these five years. Some of the best times in my life have happened in these five years. And one of the things that I would say to anybody that's out there doing it is, uh, you know, you've got to take care of your mind, your body and your loved ones. And really, you need to just go back and and, and change that mindset and take care of your body and take care of your mind just to, to keep things going, to get out of those dark, dark places. Um, so a lot of it is, I mean, it's definitely mindset. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, when I read that book, it, it helped me make those changes that were so substantial. And, and it turned me from someone who prided himself on being right about right. things to someone who prided himself on learning something. You know, now when I I have an when I have arguments with people, they're very different arguments. I still like to argue with people, um, and not argue in like the negative sense of oh, the yeah. word. Ar argue in the sense of learning. But I, I like to discuss issues where I have disagreements with people. I agree because now when I approach it, I am arguing in that moment not to be right. I do not. My ego is not staked. Oh yeah. In that moment, on being right about what I think. Right. I am there to learn something and, and maybe I am right. Yeah. But at the same time, if I am wrong, 
I enjoy that. Right. Because now I know something else that I didn't know. And, and I, I don't have this like ego bruise over being like, shit, they got me wrong. And, and, <laughs> but that's the problem too, is I wouldn't even admit I was wrong. Sometimes I wouldn't admit I was wrong to myself. No kidding. You come, you rationalize. Right. You go through this, you know, mental exercise and you rationalize how they're still wrong because your ego is so fragile. Right. And, and that helped me out a lot. It helped me break the chains that were holding me back, kind of that self-imposed prison. And so, yeah, I recommend that book highly to anyone who struggles with that kind of stuff. Definitely going to check it out. Yeah. Super good book. But yeah, so I would see that stuff around. I, I would I didn't get into personal development books at all until the last few years because I just... You know, my mindset wasn't right for it. Right. I, I, they were hucksters, you know, right. kind of to me like, oh, self-help, you're going to help yourself. No, that's not what it is and, at all. I mean, I've always been interested in it. I don't, I don't know if it's my mom, um, but it's just my nature, always inquisitive, always trying to figure something else out. Right. And I, I know it's all about mindset. My mom used to always say, you can do anything that you want, but I mean, you're going to have to work for it. You're going right. to figure, you're gonna have to figure out the process and how to get it done. So I'd credit a lot of this to my mom. Uh, you know, things that I would want to figure out how to do. I, I went out and figured out how to do it. And it may suit well to the way that I learn. I don't learn with you sitting there lecturing me. I don't learn by taking a test. I, <laughs> I always say I'm the kid that if you tell me the stove is hot, you can tell me a thousand times until I touch the red burner at least once or twice. That's the way that I learned how to do it. Oh, definitely. So, you know, I, I look at my life and what my mom and dad have instilled in me. And I think it, I think that part fits, fits, just how I grew up and uh, trial by fire, man. That's the, <laughs> that's the only way to go. Yeah. Obviously, you know, if your mom had that book around the house, she was someone who oh, yeah. was open to learning and understanding and, oh, yeah. and that's, and I think that's important as well. And that's something I, I want to, you know, show my daughters be inquisitive. Don't be right. Right. That's, you know, it's not important to be right. Right. And so I like that, but I'll, I'll tell you, you know, at, at that age, I wouldn't have picked that book up. You really? Know, I wouldn't have. I mean, okay. I may have picked it up just to pick on it, but it just, it, I was not ready at that point in my life, and especially to sit down and read the whole thing. Dude, I loved it. I wish. If I, I could go it. back and give myself advice, it would be start earlier. Start oh, yeah. reading that stuff now. Change your mindset. Uh, you know, I mean, all, all you can do is start where you are. But at the same time, that's what I tell people when, you know, when I talk to very young people, it's, it's don't dick around now. I'm not saying nice. you have to like start acting like an adult today, but just start learning new things. Start embracing new ideas because... For so long in my life, it was, you know, I knew how the world worked. This was my thing. And then I grew up in religion as well. Okay. And I felt like that kind of put me in a box as well okay. because it gave me answers to the big questions that okay. I, because I'm a big question guy. Oh, yeah. Um, like that. I'll talk about for hours on the big questions of the world. And, and religion gave me the answers to those questions. And so I would argue with other people who were trying to think past those answers. And I would say, no, but, but no. These are the answers and they have, <laughs> this to, is the absolute truth. This is yeah. the absolute truth. that has to be right. And, and that just, it played right into that fixed mindset. Like these are the way things are. You cannot question the way things are. They, they just are this way. And yeah, that, that, that's the experience I had with that. So it, it all was kind of similar. Like I was right about this. This is the way things are. And it doesn't, it didn't give me the license to just be like, but why? Right. You know, when there's a discovery in the world, instead of thinking, huh, that's really cool. I'd like to hear more about that. You immediately start thinking, how can I discredit this? Because it doesn't fit with my narrative right. of, the, of, of the universe. Right. And and breaking free of those chains was hugely helpful for me as well, because now I'm more, you know, I don't know. Right. Like when people ask me, like, you know, I was on a podcast not long ago and, and one of the questions he asked me, 
kind of, I, I was it's a little surprised by it, but it was because like, most people don't ask you these kind of things. Like, do you believe in God? And I, huh? I said, wow. Well, I said, well, I'll tell you, I don't not believe in God. That's a good answer. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I, I feel something. I don't know if it's the chemicals in my body that are right. making me feel the thing. There's something greater than me. I, feel, I can answer that. I feel something greater than me. I feel a connection around me in the universe. And, and so, yeah, that was, but that's my answer really to everyone on that whole idea is I don't really know, right? but I'm open to ideas. Right. And, and see, I look at, look at the opportunity that we're in right now. I mean, again, going back to technology, the amount of information that's at your fingertips. I mean, everything that's on YouTube, every book that you could ever imagine, just the, the ability to connect with people and learn is absolutely tremendous. So I look at it, you know, if you are a kid, if you are young, Get out there and learn anything and everything that you can possibly learn about any and every subject that there is out right, there. Whatever's interesting yeah. to you. And, and look at it, too. I mean, people's opinions are people's opinions. You can't get mad at them because their opinion is right for them. Yeah. My opinion is right for me. At that moment in time, that's right. where they are. Right. And, and be cool with that. Yeah. But then how much could you learn from that opinion? Right. You know, they may have a different way that they look at things. Everybody grows up in a different area. But their opinion could provide some enlightenment in your life. Oh, absolutely. Um, it, whether it's right or wrong, so don't close your mind. Well, and it helps it you understand where they came from. Oh, yeah. E- even if you can look at that and be like, that's crazy and clearly wrong. At, <laughs> you know, at the same time, it, it gives you perspective as well. Oh, I agree. And and, and that's the experience that they came from. You know, we're, all we are is a culmination of our experiences. That's correct. And and, and so it gives you insight into who they are. And, and I, I, you always have to remember that everyone around me hasn't had a the same opportunities as me, correct? And, and they haven't had the same experience as me, and they are probably doing the very best they can with the tools that they have in that moment. Amen. You know, and they're on their journey, and and all I can do is, I try to be nice and compassionate with people, even when they are, you know, someone I'm like, man, this person's insane, <laughs> because I think back over the course of my life, and, and all of, here's something it's kind of relevant recently is. It just came, uh, you know, we just kind of went through early November, which is when elections always are. Correct. And so I have Facebook memories and Facebook memories is humbling as shit because it shows me the kind of person that I used to be, the kind of things. No kidding. That I would just say out loud on Facebook and I read it now and I'm like, that guy's a so how far back did you go? How far well, back did these memories pop up as? From whenever you got on Facebook. So I think I got wow. on Facebook in 06. Okay. Somewhere around there. And uh, so the first election that I would have been would have been 08. Okay. And and I see these things and it's just like, it's a very, <laughs> very different human than the one I am today. I've just had a lot of life experiences and I've changed the way I feel about the world in, in meaningful ways. That's awesome. Yeah. So it's very humbling to, to see those things, but it's helped me when I talk to other people now I hear myself. I hear the person I used to be in those people. And it, I just realized everyone's on their journey yep. and everyone's at a different place. And that's not to say that where I am now and where they are in their life is somehow wrong for them. Correct. Um, but it wasn't my truth. Those right. things I believed were because I was raised to believe them. Right. And that's no disrespect to my parents. They have a truth that is different than mine. Right. The way I perceive the universe is different. Right. And, and what feels authentic to me is different. And, and so when someone is kind of, you know, kind of going through an area, I try to, I try to remember that. Like oh, yeah. I would, I would not care much probably for the person I was 10 years ago. Like we'd, wow. we just that's have, a big statement. we'd have some issues. 
just well, just very close-minded. Uh, well, care you know cared more about being right than oh, yeah. than learning, and, and that's something that grates me now about people. But it probably grates me so much because it's a part of myself that I was anxious. But it did to make leave. you a good lawyer, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know, people. I thought that in the beginning. I thought, you know, and when people told me, my entire life people told me, they said, oh, you, you love to argue, you should be a lawyer. And then when you actually become a lawyer, you realize that it's not about kind of fortifying your position and just liking to argue. It's about listening and understanding and being able to be flexible and crafty. Um, you know, because if you just kind of mire down and and say, well, I'm right and screw everything else, it, it, you in front of people who are intelligent and they see that kind of thing, like it's hard to persuade someone when that's your attitude. Wow. It's easier to persuade someone when you are quick to understand what the flaws in your argument are and then craft your way around them. Right. Like, yeah, these are flaws, but I understand these flaws. You kind of embrace them and, and make them work for you because that's one of the things you learn as a trial lawyer is the last thing you want is someone else airing your dirty laundry. So you should, you should, if you have a bad part of your case, the jury needs to know about it right away. I mean, from, wow, moment, okay. from moment one, okay. it, well, it's disarming. Right. Because if, if it's just hanging out there, your case is going swimmingly, <laughs> you know, everything's so good. And then, you know, then the bad thing comes up and it's like, aha, but if you kind of get it out, you just let the pig out of the gate from like the first moment. Right. Now. They've got to sit. There's there for, nothing to hide now. They, they yeah. got to sit there for a couple of days and let it just soften on them. And then when the other side finally does bring it up, it's like, oh yeah, we already knew about that. <laughs> like it already has context over the course of the entire case, so it doesn't it doesn't like flip because jurors are always ready to be like, aha, like they want to be smarter than you. Okay. So they're always waiting for like you know the smoking gun and trying to like understand things. And you know I'll talk to I've talked to jurors after a case. And they will say some of the craziest stuff. They will say, well, you know, we thought this was going on. I mean, stuff that no one had said that wasn't happening. They just, they're watching a movie. Wow. And and it's kind of boring sometimes. Wow. So their brain is filling in gaps and trying to create the story. Well, and every time you object, you go up to the judge and you're having these little conversations up there that they can't hear. Okay. And and they're trying to figure out what it, what are they not telling us? What are they not telling oh. us? Because we keep evidence out a lot. Like if it's not relevant evidence, it shouldn't be in. Um, but they are trying to like surmise what it could be. So yeah, we just got wow. on a big tangent there, uh, <laughs> but it's something that's fun to talk about. But it's, it's cool though that, that, you know, you you're looking in your life and making big changes and trying to be more open-minded and just change your thought process. Yeah. Dude, that's awesome. Yeah. That, I love That's it. awesome. And, and I'll tell you, I mean, I think you'll feel better. I mean, I think you'll look at life different. I think opportunity will be different. It is. Well, the biggest thing that I tell people because I talk to a lot of younger people who, and and people my age, you'd be surprised how many people text me. Uh, it, two this week have already texted me and said, and I didn't know they were even listening. I didn't know they were listeners. And they texted me and they said, you know, I, I, what you're saying really resonates with me. I'm not happy with what I'm doing and I want to make changes. And so I'm like, yeah, let's talk about it. I love it. And th- they were in a similar position to me. They'd done the same thing their whole life. And then they looked up and they were like, but I don't like it. Wow. And so... What I tell them is when I finally gave myself license to make that change and start doing something that was authentic and I cared about, just the way the doors open because people want, people hear it. They oh, hear yeah. the energy. Oh, yeah. They they see the difference. And so when you're doing something that you care about, people are drawn to you oh, yeah. because you're excited. Oh, yeah. And, and it, it, it even goes back to when we met last, whatever, November, December, 
when you said you're doing the podcast, actually, I think I'd found that you were doing the podcast mm. on LinkedIn and I was like, Hey dude, we got to get together. I want to see what you're doing. Yeah. Um, so I've been stoked to just get on here and come in here and talk to you and just see what the hell you're doing. This is awesome. Yeah. This is awesome. Dude, so yeah, you suck me in. <laughs> dude, it's so much fun to just, uh, you know, to sit here and I, anybody who knows me knows that I picked kind of the right angle, just sit and talk. Oh yeah. Uh, and, and half of it's about myself most of the time. Oh yeah. So that, uh, that makes me pretty excited. Oh yeah. And then people yeah. listen and then they're like, Oh, I really enjoyed that. And I'm like, Oh, <laughs> oh. I just sat there and talked. Yeah. Just talking about my stuff, but it's something I talk about the things that are important to me that, that I am jazzed about. And that comes through. You oh know, yeah. If I was sitting here talking about something I didn't care about, right. It, 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 you would know it wouldn't be authentic and, and you would feel it. Oh yeah. Um, well, I will keep you here all day chatting like this. I'll try to get some more stuff out of you before I let you get out of here. Sounds like a plan. Um, so you you said you kind of always kind of had that spirit. You read that book. You came home. You read that book. Uh, you know what are you seventeen something like that? Yeah, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen. Yeah, that's, that's there. incredible. But w- what were your next steps? Like, did you take any steps towards kind of an entrepreneurial journey? I know you, you know, you went to, and you go to UNCC. You went to UNCC. Right. Like, did, did you kind of have that in the back of your mind? Like, I'd like to run my own gig at some point? I knew that I wanted to do something on my own. Didn't know what it was. Um, went to UNCC with the intent of being a mechanical engineer. What I realized is that uh, I liked having fun more <laughs> than I liked studying. So... Two years in the mechanical engineering program, I decided that, you know, I need to make a change. And I think, again, continuing down the rich dad, poor dad, reading other books, uh, I decided to go into the, the business school. So what other degree to get than accounting, the language of business, to understand how business works? Sure. So went in and, and got an accounting degree with zero intent of ever going into public accounting. My mom was a CPA. I grew up with her going through tax seasons, knew I didn't want to do that. Well, thought I didn't want to do that. And, I was like, why don't we come yeah, back yeah, to that? Yeah, so, <laughs> so you know, I, I had a job when I graduated in public accounting, which not a lot of my friends did. So I was like, all right, let's, let's run with this. Let's see what it is. Continued the learning process, but always knew that that's where I was going to go. So when my, my wife and I, we got married, we started saving money. We knew at some point I was going to pull the trigger and make the move. I didn't know what it was going to be, what I was going to be doing. But I knew it was going to happen. Um, so I went to work for a guy after my first job with basically the transition plan. You know, he said, you come in here, learn to run and manage the practice, and then I'll make you be the transition plan. So I was like, all right, cool. Here's my opportunity. Let's let's rock and roll. Um, and that's really the, the, the path that kind of got me to where I am. He sold the practice without me getting to make an offer. And... At that at that point, my wife and I said, "Let's go look. Let's go look and buy a business. Let's go buy something." So we spent the beginning of 2012 looking for what kind of business that we could buy. The challenge as an accountant is I can analyze the BS. Uh, I could look through a tax return. I could look through your financial statements and tell you, "Man, this is garbage. I wouldn't pay a, a nickel for something you're asking two hundred thousand for." So we continued to look, looked at other accounting firms, and through the power of LinkedIn. I had clients from the guy that had sold the practice started reaching out to me and it seemed like a no brainer. Like let's do public accounting. You love it. Let's do it. But I think the one catch was let's do it different. Yeah. So what is it that you're bringing differently? Like if someone walks in the door, what is it that you, you know, there's guys on your floor and not even to disrespect them. What is it that would, what kind of person is it? That is a badass question. And one that we are working on again, five years into the business. Um, you know, I, I look at where I'm at 
And one of the big things that I'm trying to determine is what's the vision? Where the hell are we going? Yeah. I understand the culture we're trying to build. I have an idea in my mind of the experience that I want to deliver. But the challenge that I'm running into is the, the traditional model is out there, but I can't find much else that's so badass that it's telling me this is the direction to go. So what I can tell you now that brings clients in is our energy. Um, our office is not, you know, that traditional like dark stained wood with, you know, burgundy walls and libraries everywhere. It's, it's very lively. We're a young crew. We're, we're out there to, I mean, we want to help our clients. We want to blow their minds. We want them to just love everything that we're doing because we really care about them and we want them to succeed. But I haven't quite figured out what it is that's going to make us different going forward, but I will. And it's going to be spectacular. Um, I, I like that. That's important for people to hear that too, because so many people are in that same position oh, hell yeah. and they worry that, that they're like, Oh, everyone else has it figured out. And they don't, I'll tell you, <laughs> I don't have it figured out. Well, and it goes back to just start, just and do you it, figure it out as you go. Right. Right. Yeah. And it, it, and it's not going to be perfect. You yeah. know, done is better than perfect. Right. 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 <laughs> Imperfection stands in the way of profitability. If you're going to sit there and, and nitpick and do anything and ab- absolutely everything to make it the most perfect thing that it is, you're never going to do anything. Right. So, you know, get out there and make the money rolls in. The perf- get the cash register ringing. Right. The perfect book never gets published. It never does. It never does. So we're a work in progress. Um, I know the big thing that I need to focus on, again, is, is, is what is that experience? What is it that we, how do we want our clients to feel when they come in the door? We need to figure that out and address it. I, I feel like we're getting close. Um, I'm, I'm tickled with the results this year, but it can be better. It can always be better. Um, so we're, we're continuing, I'm t- continuing to work on the vision of what we're, you know, what we're trying to build and it's a, it's a to be continued. Nice. So, uh, again, I'd say I'm with you. Just get out there and fucking do it. Like just, just make a, figure out what you're going to do. Go take the steps, take the action, make it happen. Right. Cause when you turn around, no matter what happens with it, you've learned something from the experience. Right. Right. You know, I, I, somebody told me this a long time ago and I say that I, I just repeat it is when you're worried about making a decision that may or may not move you forward, think about what's the worst that could happen if I right. failed. Right. Mistakes happen. They, yeah. I mean, it's, it, 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 it's inevitable. It will happen. And then, you know, a lot of times people look at, they, they use their circumstance in life where they're at is an excuse to not take the risk. So for me, what I like to say is, you know, when, when the practice was sold, my wife and I had a one-year-old at home. We had just bought a new house, like doubled the square footage of the house. We had a brand new big ass mortgage that we had to get paid. And uh, she was self-employed. And at the point that the that the partner said, all right, dude, I've, I've closed the door. It's, you know, you need to come meet the new guys. And I was like, this, this ain't going to happen. That's where we were at. Um, I had a newborn at home and a brand new house. In the old house that we were at, we were trying to be landlords, you know, rich dad, poor dad, trying to be landlords scared out of my damn mind. Um, had to go in. I mean, I, I rented office space. We hired our first employee in J- July of 2013, opened the doors December, 2012. So don't use the life circumstances to stop you from doing it. Use it as the fuel to keep pushing you forward because I knew I had to make, I knew I had to make ends meet. So I went out I went to every networking event that I could go to. I talked to anybody and everybody begged and pleaded and again, we built a practice that I needed to hire somebody by June. I mean, six months after you open the door. So just go, just go do it. Like that, I, I cannot reiterate that enough is go do it. And, and failure is, is part of it, but just go do it. Right. So was there anything that you would have done different when you're getting off the ground? 
That's anything you really, wish you'd really have known? <laughs> question. So wish I would have known. No, I've loved the adventure. I, I talk about, I, I've actually started writing on LinkedIn more just to kind of, to, to get this stuff out there. And I call it the struggle. It's the little struggles as an entrepreneur that people don't get. Um, my wife and I were just having this conversation this morning and she's like, Matt, you're crazy. Like, like I, sometimes I think you're manic. You're, you're all over the place. And you can't understand it unless you're an entrepreneur. Those little struggles that all of that stuff that you put together is what makes you who you are today. And so to go back and say, would I, would I wish I'd have known something? No, I've enjoyed every <laughs> minute of it. The dark, dark, dark spaces that I've been. And then the, just the over the top, just enthusiastic, great things that have happened. I wouldn't change any of it. Um, I, I would say the only thing that I wish I would have done ahead of time was that a plan. Yeah. Not not a detailed business plan, you know, like what the bank wants of all the forecasts and all that nonsense. Like what just in few sentences, what am I trying to build? I wish I would have sat down and done that. But that's not something that would stood in my way to doing it. Right. Um, but that's what I was looking for. I was looking right. for that one little thing that that you were like, I wish I had done that because that's an easy thing. Oh, yeah. It's an easy thing to to sit down and say where do I want this to go? Because I wish I'd have done that too. When I started, oh, yeah. my, when I started my law firm years ago, I just, you know, I was like, well, this, I'm just going to start it because I need some money and oh, yeah. we'll just figure it out. And then it, I was running the business <laughs> for several years before I actually sat down and wrote like, what's our plan. Oh yeah. And, and so I think that's great for people who are starting out. I think it's so important oh, yeah. to put it on paper. Where are you headed? What is your goal? What is your mission statement? with this company? What are well, your values? Yeah, and, and I mean, sit down and figure out, do I want to be a growth business or do I want to be a lifestyle business? Like, because it's, it's two different paths, which, which way you're going to go down. It, it changes absolutely everything. And then, you know, as, as you were talking, I just thought of another one is again, take care of your mind, your body and your family. And one of the big things, you know, the dark part that hit me really was last year was I wasn't taking care of those. So I would say a part of this is make sure you're going to the gym Make sure that you're continuously learning. And for me, I like meditation, but for other people, it may be prayer, it may be yoga, but do something that takes care of your mind. And, and don't forget the family and friends that have gotten you where you are today. You got to take care of them and still have them be part of your life. So I guess that's something else that I wish Matt 2012 would have <laughs> done. Uh, so no, that's, and that is such killer advice because if you neglect an area of your life, it's going to shrivel up. <sighs> Yeah. And, and you need all of those areas, you know, people, I think one of the ones that people really neglect, especially entrepreneurs who are trying to, you know, hustle, there's just this, we, we really look so highly in at this moment upon entrepreneurs to work 18 hours a day. Yeah. Uh, you know, and that's insane to me Oh yeah. because you will burn out right. and you will crash. But see, I would say match, match your effort to the goal. You know, Gary Vee always talks about, you know, he's an O in the jets. He's an O in the jets. I don't know how much a football team costs. But I imagine it's it's a pretty significant number. Yeah. Think about what it is your goal in life. I mean, if if you're like, you know, again, going back to Rich Dad Poor Dad, I want to make 200 grand a year, have no debt. That goal may not require 18 hours a day to reach and attain that goal. Right. And but it's just, you know, don't neglect your body. Oh. Because well, that's the thing. Like that is the vehicle through which you interact. <laughs> With the world. I agree 100%. <laughs> and if that vehicle starts to go to shambles, everything else goes to shambles oh, yeah. too. Oh, yeah. Because you can't work 18-hour days oh, yeah. when your body's falling apart. It's not even possible. Right. And then, you know, my biggest fear past everything would be 
working my entire life and waking up one day and not even really knowing my family. Oh, yeah. I, I see these people in the business world. I know a number of them personally, and their kids are in college now, and they don't see them, really. They see them at Christmas and stuff, like, but they don't hear from them. You know, they they don't have that relationship of, uh, you know, they don't have a friendship. Oh, yeah. And, you know, they're divorced. And, and so they don't have the woman that clearly they wanted to spend right. the rest of their life with at some point in time. Right. And then, you know, the children, which, it, I mean, my daughter's only eight months old, but, you know, I, I would let the world burn if Damn it meant right. keeping her safe. Oh, yeah. And... And to know that the two things that are the most important in my life, they don't have either of them anymore, but they've got a bunch of money because they built their business. Right. That doesn't mean shit to me. Oh, I agree. And and so that's that's something. I mean, I guess it's up to what your values are. And, and I'd say, that's that's what I'd say is really sit down and say, what are my core values? What are the things that I believe in? Yeah. I and, just I have trouble thinking. I guess because I am so high with like my family. I love my wife. I love my daughter. They're the most important things in the world. I have trouble understanding how anyone wouldn't have those same values. I agree. It, it, it's tough for me. But I, I perhaps some people don't. Well, see, but to that I will say, you know. If I look at what are my core values in life, it's it's family and friends, taking care of my body, um, and and you know really helping people. And sometimes I get sucked into I am uh, very ambitious, very driven, and sometimes I have to be reminded like, hey dumbass, realign these priorities and get back to doing what the things are that are important to you. Um, and you know I think we all get sucked into it. Yeah. Well, and, and I do too. You know, it's not to sit here and, and, and pontificate because, oh, yeah. you know, just last week, there were two nights in a row. I saw my daughter when I woke up for about five minutes and I didn't see her the rest of the day. Oh. Yeah. By the time I got home, she was in bed. Yeah. And then the very next day, the same thing happened again. And I was like, I can't, I, this can't happen all the oh, yeah. time yeah. because, you know, she already loves mama way more than she loves me. <laughs> for now. <laughs> for, I, I, I have a daughter seven years old and she is daddy's. Oh, she's daddy's girl. Well, I look so. forward to that. Oh, yeah. We're, we're doing better. Actually, like I said, I was telling you earlier, we spent the day together this morning because she's sick. It's her first cold. Um, and we spent the morning together and, uh, you know, had some good bonding time. Oh, yeah. So oh, that's yeah. good. We don't get, a, we don't, you know, a lot of times uh, I don't have that much time where it's just her and I. So I really enjoyed that. But yeah, right now when mama, cause when mama came home this afternoon, it was like, Oh, bye daddy. Who are you? Yeah. yeah Who's who, this guy? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, but it's super important to me to be here and, and I can't oh, yeah. imagine how, I can't even imagine what that relationship would be like if I wasn't here as much as I am. Cause I'm present. I am, That's I'm, I'm awesome. really here, but some nights I get carried away. I have things oh, to yeah. do and, and I know that I'm building for the greater goal. Right. But at the end of the day, I would much rather have less and have more of that. You know, because I don't need the I don't need what Gary Vee needs. I, I don't. I'm with you, man. I don't I, need the Jets. Yeah. I need I need just enough that I don't need. Right. That's it. Right. I, I need just, freedom. Right. I need just enough that I don't have to think about whether I have enough. That's awesome. Yeah. That's all we need. But I'd say you know to that is 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 again understand your personal values, but then also set a goal. Like what what is it that you're trying to attain? Right. And then take that goal, map it backwards to figure out what you have to do. And for a lot of people, I think they'd be blown away that it it's not what you think you have to do. It's yeah. just not. Yeah, and that's the thing is is we get we get sold this idea of success. Yep. This is what success is. And and, and actually, on my very last episode, uh, I sat down with Court Creedon from Parent Financial, yep. and and he like he really drives that point home. Like, don't 
live somebody else's version of success. Right. Figure out what makes you happy, what you want to do and go do that thing. Right. But and that's hard. I it mean, is. to really think, sit down and say, what is it that makes me happy is really, really hard. Yeah, it is. Well, what are you reading these days? I always like to figure out what, what other successful people that are driven and motivated are, are reading or what would you recommend that you've read? So a book that I'm reading right now, uh, would probably appeal to the accountants and lawyers in your audience, uh, reading the book, um, the firm of the future by Ron Baker, basically talking about value billing. Um, and basically he's a big proponent of billing by the hour is, is just wrong. Yeah. He, he actually says malpractice, like you're, you're doing something wrong and injustice for, for your client. Well, and I just don't like it either. I hate it. I hate it. And, and we are in the process right now of that's part of just the experience that we want our clients to have is call us and don't worry about a bill, email us and don't worry about yeah. a bill. It's part of it. So that's one of the big books that I've been, been reading here lately is, nice. is that one. That, that, that kind of really sticks with me because, you know, at, over the time I spent as a lawyer, you know, we bill by the hour in general oh, yeah. and people, and I do the same thing. Like when I hire a lawyer, I feel the same way. I think about, and I know people who are making 10, $15 an hour you know, they sit down and they sign that agreement and then they're, oh, yeah. in their head, they're going, how many hours do I have to work to pay this guy to work one hour? Right. And it just, it just feels wrong. Right. Whereas, you know, now like in my new business and even in my law business, I've tried to get away from hourly billing. I try to figure out what do I need to do for you and what is it going to cost? Right. And I, and I try to give you that kind of sweet spot, but it also, people have a much better experience when they can understand what something's going to cost them. And they can just, they have now, okay, all right, I know. Because yep. that's another thing lawyers do to you is you'll sit down and they'll say, well, you know, how much is this going to cost? I don't know. It could be 5000 could be 20000 <laughs> But that's the problem too is it's the truth. Yeah. Is, you know, when I, as a litigator, when you start a litigation case, you just, you literally don't know. It could be $2,000. Right. It could be $20,000. Right. Depending on how big of an asshole the other side is or right. how big of an asshole your client turns out no, to be. No, I, I agree. And it, 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 it's tough. Uh, but, but it's I, frustrating. I, I, I look at value billing and, and what it means for us. And as our practice grows, it's, it's an art, not a science. We've got to, we've got to sit down and figure it out. And I think there's going to be a lot of a trial and error because, you know, we get, we get issues where clients get audited and it's hard for me to say, is it going to take us 10 hours to complete this audit? Or is it going to be a six month engagement that the auditors here for this period of time? And that's one of the things that's a challenge for us. So what you know we're going to give it our best shot we'll probably win some we'll lose some but it's cool because again we're learning i look at this business as a giant science experiment um let's see what we can make this thing do and i just feel like for the experience that we're trying to deliver that's the best that's the best thing to do for us is to switch to a value billing model very cool very cool anything else you're reading um lately sadly the the firm of the future is a very for me, it's it's a book that I've taken my sweet and precious time to read. Yeah. Uh, so it's taken me probably a lot longer than I than I care to to say. But I mean, it's <laughs> full of highlighting and sticky notes and everything sure. that's been going on. So that's been my project probably for the past three months. Cool. Very cool. Is going back through that. Big books on the horizon. Uh, my cousin just gave me a box of books that he got from like Australia. It's all these little business self help books. So oh, I've been going cool. through there. There's a few the what crush it the Gary V book. Oh yeah. 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 So yeah, I mean, it's kind of, kind of cheesy little things. Uh, the big one, another big one that I've read lately and I'm just so enamored by is traction. 
again, we go back to setting the vision and getting people on your team to understand it. Traction is one that probably as soon as I finish the firm of the future, I will go back and revisit traction. Very cool. That one's been in my queue for a couple of years and I just Dude, haven't got to it yet. Get it. Get it. Nice. Uh, we just went to a seminar that basically looked at traction, broke it down and what the steps that you've got to do. If you're really trying to build an organization, a team behind you, it's, it's imperative. Um, and the big part that for me is that it, it brought in that there's two pieces to, I guess, the, the top of the hierarchy. There's the visionary and the implementer. And what I've realized is I'm the visionary and I've got a good teammate, Trog Patel, that's working with me, that's the implementer. So I'm the one that comes up with the crazy ass ideas. And he's the one that comes back to me and says, either Matt, you're a fucking idiot or <laughs> Matt, all right, we'll make this happen. And he goes and does it. So that's the piece of the pie that I've been missing. I think I read Traction a year ago, picked it up again at the beginning of this year. And I just kind of left scratching my head. You know, I don't know how to implement this thing. So now with Chirag on board, I think we're both going to, again, take a look at it because we have to figure out where the hell we're going. So Traction is super high on my list. Nice. Yeah. Very cool. All right, man. Well, I'll let you get out of here. We've been here a while. But before I do, where can the listeners find you? Find me on the internet. On the interwebs. On the internet. Holy cow. It's www.mdanderson, and it's A-N-D-E-R-S-E-N-C-P-A.com. All right. Anything on social media? I know you said you're on LinkedIn. We are on LinkedIn. Okay. I try to avoid social media like the plague, and I know that makes no <laughs> sense seeing that I'm 36 years old, but uh, <laughs> LinkedIn, you can find me on LinkedIn. It's Matthew D. Anderson, CPA, and uh, the, the guy here in Charlotte with the big beard. Cool. And I will link all of those as well as the books that we mentioned on the blog and in the show notes. All right, Matt. Well, thanks for being here, dude. Thanks, Rob. Right on. This was awesome. Sweet. How much fun was that? Matt dropped so much actionable value from his personal experience. His unique perspective on entrepreneurship has me pumped to keep following his journey. Tax season's just around the corner, so if you need to get in touch with Matt, go to mdandersoncpa.com. Now, before I let you go, if you liked what you heard today, I would be thrilled if you hopped on over to the iTunes store, Overcast, TuneIn, Stitcher Radio, wherever it is that you happen to be listening. And do me a favor, hit that subscribe button and leave us an honest review of the show. That is how we keep spreading the word and bringing you killer content every week. And one more quick reminder about the comprehensive podcasting course at Advent Coworking starting in January, from idea to iTunes. And you're going to get all that delicious podcasting goodness served up in person by yours truly. Now, whether you already have an idea or you need some help nailing one down, in just four short weeks, I'm going to help you take that idea and launch it on iTunes. So if you're ready to press play on your own podcast, head on over to yourpod.pro to sign up for details. That's yourpod.pro. All right, listeners, I know your time is your most valuable asset, so thank you once again for spending just a little bit of that time with me today. Now, until next week, get out there and get after it.